Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is The Major's Well. Hey, Majors. Welcome back to the show. This week, I wanted to look at graveyards, cemeteries, and burial grounds in general. And I wanted to look at their history, symbolism, folklore, and what magic can actually be performed there, and an easy guide on how to work with them. Buckle up, because today's episode is juicy, and it would be perfectly paired with my episode on necromancy. But before we dive in, let's have a look at the week ahead. Thursday 23rd marks the beginning of Ramadan. The day also commemorates National Near Miss Day. As on this day in 1989, a large asteroid missed the Earth by 500,000 miles. But on the cosmic scale, this is very, very close. Saturday, March 25th, 8.30pm to 9.30pm is Earth Hour, whereby there is an increased effort to avoid using electricity for one hour. Weed Appreciation Day is the 28th celebrating all the weeds that spring up in gardens, vegetable gardens, flower beds, and cracks in the pavements. Why not learn about some of the weeds in your area? 
And that's a wrap. It's a quiet one this week. So let's get on to the show. Cities to the dead, graveyards and cemeteries are filled with stories and act as a symbolic replica of the living community. Death, our final and most disruptive rite of passage, is a fundamental part of our existence as well as our culture, and the activities that take place around death can reveal a lot about our society. Particularly, how we memorialise reflects how we deal with death. Graveyards are a place of remembrance, a place to reassert our social identity after we cease to live, and attempt to relieve anxieties that one day we will be forgotten. And whether, as a space, they are viewed as benevolent or evil, largely depends upon cultural perceptions and the society that they're framed within. Generally speaking, if a society has a strong belief in ancestral protective spirits, The graveyard isn't a cause for concern, but when a culture believes they're a place where human memory and emotion are destroyed, well, that generates anxiety, and the beliefs around this potent space will reflect that. People use graveyards, cemetery, and burial grounds interchangeably, but there is a difference. Graveyard is an older term, and refers to a burial place that is next to a church. Cemeteries, coming from the Greek koimetiron, meaning sleeping place, pop up around the end of the 18th century, when the population boomed and spaces within a graveyard became highly coveted. Cemeteries were built to counter this lack of space, specifically a burial place there is no church adjoining the site. We also have necropolis, coming from the Greek word meaning city of the dead. These are essentially the same thing as cemeteries, but with the necropolis, it's massive, ancient and architecturally noteworthy. All three, graveyard, cemetery, and necropolis, can be referred to as a burial ground, which is a designated space where the dead are laid to rest. Often when people think of witches, they think of burial grounds and the desecration of graves. This idea actually originates from ancient Rome, where numerous writers depicted witches as foul, hideous creatures who performed the most insidious magic by digging up bodies for parts to be used within rituals and even consuming them. Grave desecration and cannibalism aside, these places where the dead reside are thresholds in of themselves, straddling both the world of the dead and the living. It's a powerful place for magic and for spirit contact, including the jinn and the she. Check out my episodes on them for more information. And while we're on the topic, the entrance of the burial site is worth mentioning, the threshold of a threshold. It's a very powerful place. Now, historically, the gates of this entrance would have been made from iron to contain the spirits within. Now, death is so powerful that any space that it's linked to or has touched becomes magically charged and enters the space of a threshold. And speaking of magically charged, dirt is a common ingredient for many magical practices, and there is none as more potent as the type that comes from a graveyard. But there are some cultures who fear these places. Numerous indigenous tribes throughout North America believe the dead contain energy that's capable of contaminating the living. Ergo, those who spend time in graveyards are viewed with suspicion, as they are places where harmful magic is gathered. 
Throughout the ancient Roman world, it was actually forbidden to bury the dead within a town or a city, so naturally, cemeteries were clustered around the roads leading out of them. People feared travelling these roads at night, not only out of fear of being robbed, but also in the fear of encountering spirits. It was also a natural place to make your home if you were desperately poor, something which still happens in places around the world today. Look at most towns and villages, and there is often a graveyard or a cemetery nearby or vice versa, making it a centre for not only the dead, but also the living. Nothing tests this concept more than the common practice found throughout the world of eating by the graveside, having picnics on top of them and sharing a meal with the deceased one, as well as those lying down on graves and meditating attempting to receive a message from beyond. The gardens of the dead contain much symbolism. Families can create a symbolic immortality by creating a memorial that shows who the deceased really was. Let's have a look at the different ways one can do this, as well as the hidden symbolism found within gravestones. Wing skulls are known as death's heads. They're common in gravestones in England, and they represent the speed at which death can come to us, acting as a memento mori to those who gazed upon them. Vastly popular, they fell out of fashion by the 1800s as they were deemed too morbid. Broken flowers or trees on a gravestone represent a life cut short, indicating the deceased suffered an accident or an illness. Now, multiple graves with this image around the same time suggests an epidemic. Morning glory can signify the death of a child. Hands on a gravestone could indicate the need to pray for someone, i.e. they led a questionable life. Seashells represent a Christian or that they were a pilgrim. Roosters are quite common and that they are a symbol of hope and renewal, and it can also be a call for repentance as well. You can sometimes see a compass and a square indicating that the person was a Freemason. Thistle indicates a Scottish link, while a shaft of wheat usually indicates the person was respected within their community devout, productive, and industrious. Cross swords, these can indicate a high-ranking military person who died in battle. You can sometimes see in a cemetery lots of heavy slabs over the graves. Now, this tends to happen with older cemeteries, and this is a sign that the site was once located quite far away from a town or a city, making it more likely for animals to dig up the remains. A little bit grim. Now this is also why these slabs gained the name Wolfstones. You can often see statues of lions scattered around a cemetery, and these act as guardians against evil spirits. Pyramids we can see on graves, these were said to stop the devil reclining on it. We also see a lot of Egyptian influences within cemeteries, especially if it was founded in the 1840s or the 50s inspired by the Egyptomania that gripped the world as academics rushed to study the ancient culture. Obelisks in graveyards are really common during this time. They were seen as tasteful, and they were also associated with ancient greatness. They also didn't take up a lot of space and were quite cheap to make. Similarly, we also see a lot of broken columns, and like the broken flowers and trees, this signifies a life that has been cut short. Orientation of the grave is also quite important. It's quite common in the Christian world to bury the feet pointing east as this is the direction of the final judgement. However, the practice of burying someone with their feet pointing towards the sun predates Christianity and is thought to be rooted in themes around renewal and rebirth. 
The rise of industrialism largely kicked the idea, and we start to see urban graveyards become a utilitarian operation, with the constraints of the land and the increasing number of bodies playing a huge role in how they are created. Fast forward to 2012, however, this tradition of burials pointing east pops up as valued. Local residents in Aberyth, Wales, complained to the local council over the site of a graveyard, meaning that the graves would point north to south. The council responded by allowing those to apply for burial in a section that pointed east. In most older graveyards, if someone is buried facing west, it's likely to be the grave of someone who the community deemed wicked. In Muslim graveyards, the graves point in the direction of Mecca. Also, where the grave is actually located holds meaning too. In older burial places, the northern section is often where the more questionable people were buried, those deemed unhallowed by Christians, or out of the graveyard altogether and buried at a crossroads. Check out my Crossroads and Corpse Roads episode for more information. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There are three trees in particular that are usually found within graveyards. You... Cypress and eastern red cedar, all evergreens meaning they keep their leaves and colour all year round. These trees hold special significance that bears mention. Now Yew has heavy links to the pagan world and it's suggested that Yew was actually prized by ancient druids, and they supposedly had rituals where they would imbue the plant to enter the underworld, a highly dangerous practice as every part, bar the flesh of the berries, are incredibly poisonous and can easily kill. I really would not mess around with you, it is truly deadly. Mourners would often carry branches to a loved one's funeral and took a use sprig inside the deceased's coffin. The yew branches were also believed to deter ghosts and evil spirits. The yew is common in graveyards throughout the UK and thought to mark pagan burial sites that the church later co-opted. Cyprus, on the other hand, is more for European and Muslim countries. The Greeks and Romans believed the tree was connected to the gods of hell. Cyprus trees also acted as a warning to people that they were entering a place corrupted by a dead body. Eastern red cedar we see popular throughout Northern America, and its leaves, like most evergreens, symbolise eternal life. Now, to the Cherokee, the tree holds the spirits of their ancestors. To the indigenous peoples of Canada, 
Burning this tree during ceremonies is thought to carry prayers to the creator and it's also used to drive out negative energy. The tree also carries more sinister beliefs. Transplanting a red cedar was frowned upon because it would bring bad luck and cause an early death within the family, and people didn't bring its branches inside as this was also bad luck. The only acceptable time to do so was in celebration of Christmas, removing them before midnight on January 6th. There are many other trees linked to death and viewed as portals from this world into the next. These include elm, willow, beech to name a few. In fact, it's thought that groves of these trees are a sign of an ancient and now forgotten burial ground, and the idea of wooden coffins can actually be traced back to ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia, and in some traditions the dead were hung from trees. But there are Neolithic sites where the dead were laid to rest in a hollowed out tree trunk in a cradle-like manner. Now magically speaking, often each graveyard has its own gatekeeper, an entity who protects the dead. Before working with a graveyard, you want this spirit on side. I'd leave offerings at the gateway of the cemetery for this being, and I do this every time I visit the graveyard. I'd also state my intentions. Now the gatekeeper instead might reside in a grand tomb or a notable statue close to the entrance, so that could be a site where you leave offerings. If you have any off feelings, take it as a no for your workings and respect that. Some cemeteries have quite fierce guardians, some less so. Think about this as it may affect your work and what you intend to do, particularly if it's more on the more malevolent side. Something to think about is saying prayers according to the religion of the graveyard. It will get the gatekeeper on side and make your workings easier. You might not be comfortable with it, but if it smooths out the process, I'm game for that. Now what are some good offerings? Coins, water, the dead are always thirsty, rum, cigarettes, these are all quite standard. If it's someone that you knew that you're working with, you can offer them more personalised gifts. Obviously don't leave things that aren't biodegradable, a few coins is fine, and don't take grave offerings that have been left by mourners, it's disrespectful to the mourners and the dead. You could perform an act of service for the graveyard, grave tending is a wonderful way of doing this, tidy up a grave that looks a little unloved. However, a big caveat here, if it's a historic graveyard, leave it alone, you might actually do more damage than good. Instead, tidy up by picking up litter, or you could look into volunteering for the groundskeepers. Now, a really good way to build a practice around a graveyard is to actually build a relationship with an ancestor who you know is buried in that graveyard. So, when you have a good connection to them, go to their graveyard and ask them to introduce any spirits that may be helpful to you. If this isn't possible, think about your aims and let that inform the type of spirit that you want to work with. Be intentional with who you want to work with. For example, older headstones tend to list the profession of that person. If you are looking to work some money magic, I'd go with a banker, a nurse or a doctor for healing, it's that sort of thing. The long time dead, they might need some waking up. So you might need to leave more offerings or more personalized offerings. And just a side note here that's quite important. Check local laws about what you can and can't do in graveyards because yeah, we don't want to get in trouble. And just a little side note about herbs. I wouldn't harvest herbs and plants from cemeteries, especially if you're aiming to consume them. 
bodies are pumped with chemicals to preserve them, and a lot of Victorian graves have lead within them, and this finds its way into the plants of the cemeteries and graveyards. There's a lot of heavy metals within them as well. I wouldn't consume them. However, it's believed the roots of plants pulled up from a cemetery are particularly powerful and bestow longevity and good health. Again, I just wouldn't consume these. I just would stay away. And also, be mindful if the plant is on top of someone's grave. Has the family planted it? And is this respectful if you go and pull this up? Choose your plants carefully and also with intention. Does the plant match your intended desire? Ask permission and leave an offering. Now, a lot of older spells require you to bury spell remnants in the graveyard. Challenging to do today, but you could leave your workings in a bin within a graveyard. Still symbolic and still powerful. If you can find yourself a bin at the crossroads within a graveyard, you have yourself a very powerful disposal site. Make a note of it. Cleansing after workings, I'd say, is very important. Personally, I would cleanse as soon as leaving the graveyard and then do a more thorough cleanse once home. Burial grounds hold a lot of importance on a societal level. They are so much more than where we dispose of the dead. Steeped in symbolism, superstition, folklore, and a potent site of magic, they demand to be treated with reverence and the utmost respect, else comes the risk of upsetting the spirits. And after all, the dead are powerful. The dead are legion. And that's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and if you've liked the show, why not leave it a review wherever you listen? I read all the reviews, and I just love it. It gives me such a thrill to know that people are enjoying what I'm producing, and yeah, it's nice. I like it. Please do it if you've got time. Before I go, the poem this week is called In Memoriam by Lord Alfred Tennyson. Old you, which graspeth at the stones, that name the underlying dead, thy thibers net the dreamless head, thy roots are wrapped about the bones, the seasons bring the flowers again, and bring the firstling to the flock, and in the dusk of thee the clock beats out the little lives of men. O oh, not for thee, the glow the bloom, who changest not in any gale, nor branding summer sun's avail to touch thy thousand years of gloom, and gazing out on thee, sullen tree, sick for thy stubborn hardihood, I seem to fail from out my blood, and grow incorporate into thee. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.